Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Second Wife Life Podcast. I am your host, Carly Tate Williams, and I am so freaking excited to be back recording again. So let's just get right into it. This is episode five, and like I said, it just feels so good to be back. So you know when minor inconveniences happen in life and then they send you into a procrastination spiral, or at least that's the case with me. And that's what happened with this podcast. In fact, when I logged into my account tonight to record, I completely forgot I had almost a whole fifth episode already put together and ready to go. It was about Mother's Day. So I guess I will just use that content for this next Mother's Day. But listen, okay, so I got a new iPhone. And I completely backed it up. Everything was good to go. So when you get your new phone and log into your iCloud account, it should be just like you're holding your old iPhone, except it's the new one. Know what I mean? Like your background is the same. All of your apps are in the same spot. All of your pictures and texts are there, blah, blah. Well, that was almost the case, except it saved none, none of my passwords. And for whatever reason, I could not log in to my Instagram account for this podcast. After trying to log back in for, I don't know, two or three different evenings, I was so frustrated. It just never happened again. And then it was summertime with the kids. I'm super freaking pregnant, busy, tired. It's really hot outside. You know how it goes. But here I am back in action. And let me just say it feels so good to be recording an episode again. I really missed doing this and literally thought about it every day. (laughs) at least once a day. But also on July 18th, we had our perfect seven pound, 12 ounce, 21 and a half inch long baby girl, Chandler Drew. And life has just truly been so sweet since her arrival. I've never felt so complete in life. Our baby girl that was not planned has made my husband and I happier than we could have imagined. After three boys, she is truly the perfect ending to our family. And I felt pretty at peace with having being done having kids after we had Case. So sometimes it just takes the surprises in life to show you what you really needed. So I'm so thankful we had our little surprise baby. But now we truly are done. I can't do five kids. I would literally have to buy a new car. So back to bonus mom content. A lot has changed for our blended family in the last five months, so I wanted to make this episode about transition days. Whew, y'all. First of all, a nine-year-old boy and a seven-year-old boy have so much energy. And then you throw our toddler in the mix, and our house is loud. And our house is real loud on transition days. I'm talking, I end up having to tell the big boys to go run laps around our house because I need a minute of quiet and they need to burn off some energy. And I catch myself thinking, surely they do not act like this at school. Who are these little monsters? And then they go to bed and wake up our little angel boys for the most part. So they wake up normal the next morning and I just sigh a huge sigh of relief. Our big transition days are every other Monday and and Friday in the same week. 
So one week, we luckily deal with no crazy transition days. But on the flip side, on the other weeks, I have two transition days in the same week. And if you know, you know. I would assume this is universal for any blended family, whether it's just one child who moves between homes or multiple children like our family. And, you know, being on the move as a child can't be easy. I know for me, like when we go on vacation or go on a little trip somewhere, when I get back home, it takes me like a week to completely unpack my bag. So it's hard for me to imagine being a child in the situation that my oldest son is in and my bonus son is in. And I hope they never feel like they're unsettled all the time. Because with my personality, I do feel like I would feel that way. And when we are having hard days, I try to remind myself of that. I just try to remind myself that they do not get to grow up the same way I did. They don't get to have one home and one constant place where they are. And I just, I know it can't be easy. So my bio son has pretty much had the same schedule since he was two. So I can confidently say he is pretty well adjusted at this point. Not that he doesn't struggle, but he is a planner. And now that he can read a calendar and understands the days of the week and the month, I do think it makes it easier for him now than it was two years ago. My bio son also struggles with change. Change is hard for him. So the fact that he does move between two homes pretty seamlessly, I feel like says a lot. Says a lot just to the fact that he has adjusted really well. And this kid hates change so much. Like when he started school this year, he cried the first couple mornings because he missed his kindergarten teacher so bad. Not that he disliked his new teacher. He also cried the last day of school and like a couple days after school ended and randomly throughout the summer because he would get so sad thinking about being in a new classroom with a new teacher. Now, he does go to a small private school, so his class that he has of 24 kids, I think, stays the same. Like, he will be with those same 24 kids in every grade if he stays at the school he's at now. So, luckily for him, his friends don't change, just the teacher and the classroom. So, I tried to remind him of that, and that did help, but change is just really hard for him. And on that same note, you know, our schedule for my bio son, my oldest bio son, in the summers, it switches to a 50-50 schedule, seven days on and seven days off. And I was nervous to start that because we haven't done that before. He really impressed me. I think the seven days he would go there and the seven days when he would be at my house was good for him, especially during the summertime because you have so many activities going on, or at least we do at our house. And there's so many different things you can do in the summer. So having the seven days at a time was really nice. And I think it was, I think it made transitions easier for him having seven days in a row, even though he started to miss, like I know when he was here at my house, um, he would start to miss his dad around day five, day six. And then I know it was the same at his dad's house. He would start to miss me probably around the same time. But all that just to say, change is hard, especially for the personality types who hate change. And I try to really remind myself of that, that these are little kids who don't know how to regulate their emotions properly yet. As I think I was reading, I like to read child psychology and different parenting techniques, stuff like that, just to educate myself as best possible. 
and learn everything I can about trying to be the best parent. But I think the portion of your brain that does regulate your emotions doesn't even fully form until you're eight. And, you know, that can be earlier or later, depending on the child. And I try to remind myself, my bio son just turned seven last month. So grace is a real big thing in our house. And I just try to constantly remind myself of that, especially on the harder days. It would not be easy for me. So why do I expect it to be easy for them? I can't, I can't do that. If I struggle with something, then I need to tell myself that it's way, way harder for these little kids to handle it. I know that's why transition days are difficult, but when you're in the thick of it and you're way overstimulated because the house is so dang loud and there's so much movement and I have a newborn attached to me, it's hard to remember that. So this is also a great reminder for myself to apply this more in my own life. And for my bonus son, some things have changed Um, recently. We were awarded enforcement of 50-50 schedule. So he's been at our house a lot more the last five, I guess five months now. And it's been great. So the transition for him actually was not difficult, at least on our end. It's done wonders for our family. Instead of having, so on the transition note, on the transition days, there was a lot more of them when he was going I shouldn't say more of them. I guess they were just harder because he was here for shorter amount of times. And now we get this longer stretch. We do a 2255 schedule with him and it has made life so much easier. And I feel like it's so much better for him because he, he just gets that longer stretch here and he has more time to unwind. Um, and after that transition day is over, like when he's here for four days, it's just great. Okay. So I do have another little little side note here um, on the transition days being easier now, especially for Kane than they used to be two years ago. It just makes me think of something that is very important. Um, And it was brought to my attention by two of my friends who are also bonus parents, bonus moms. And I feel like I'm really lucky that I do have a core group of people who are in the same situation in life that I am that have blended families of their own and just understand some of the challenges that come along with that. So of course I have these people to lean on and discuss the challenges we all face. But um, I have two friends who we were talking about our kids having two homes and the verbiage that we use around this subject with them. And this is so important because you will either A, help your child or B, damage your child and cause them hurt by the language you use regarding their two homes. I have always, from the beginning, only talked about Cain having two homes in a positive light. When he was little and not wanting to leave for whatever reason, I would always say, Cain, you are so lucky that you have two homes. You get to have two houses, two sets of toys, two sets of clothes, two comfy beds, and two houses full of stuffies. Stuffies is, you know, stuffed animals. (laughs) And you know what? He would change his tone. As he got older, he would respond with, you're right, mama, I am lucky. Or, yeah, I also have two bicycles. Or whatever his little mind was thinking of in that moment. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I do take pride and have confidence that I have not damaged my child in the fact of him having to move between homes. So, of course, you want to tell your child that you will miss them. But as you're sending your child off 
If all you can say is, I'm going to miss you so much. I'm so sad when you aren't here. What am I going to do without you? That is not helping the situation. Your child knows that you love them. But when they're leaving and you are putting your emotions onto them, that is not healthy. This is putting a burden, even if it's unintentionally, it's putting a burden onto them that they have to carry. Tell them how much you miss them on pickup day, but not as you're dropping them off. Drop off needs to be positive and happy for them, whether that is drop off at school or dropping them off with the co-parent or the arranged pickup for the co-parent. No negative feelings allowed. That is my rule. No bad, negative, sad feelings. I always make sure I say something along the lines of, I'm so glad you get to spend time with your daddy or your mom. And have a great night. Have a great weekend. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Um, I hope you have a great time with your dad or your mom. All of these are acceptable things to say. But please, for your child's sake, Leave the, I don't know what I'm going to do when you're gone. I'm going to miss you so much inside your head. They are not responsible for your emotions. Okay, there's my rant for this episode. Just stop projecting your own feelings onto your child or your children. And I know when this happens, most of the time it is unintentional. But I just thought I would shed some light on that subject. (laughs) So back to transition days. For us, these are hard for two big reasons. The first one is the easier one. It's that both of the big boys are so excited to see each other and they're excited to see their little brother and now their little sister. So they just have a lot of excited energy when they're reunited, which I love seeing that. That's really not the hard one. The second is adjusting to our rules again. That's definitely the tough one. After divorce or, you know, if you, if you are with your co-parent in a relationship at some point, um, and you break up with them, I'm willing to bet it's pretty rare that y'all parent the same way as your co-parent and that all the house rules are the same at both of your child's homes. That's a reasonable assumption, right? It used to be very hard for me to hear things that my bio son and my bonus son would do at their other parent's home that would conflict with the way we run our home. Certain things are pretty... Uh, I kind of hate this word, but it's applicable, so I'm going to use it. Triggering. Some things that other parents allow our kids to do really trigger my husband and I and can get us worked up if we let it. And we don't want our children to see that. We don't want them to see when they tell us something that we do get upset or worked up about it. Our children know what is expected in our home, and that is truly all we can do. Enforce our rules and our standards. One child got to the point where I think he knew certain things he would say bothered us. So he started intentionally saying things that he's allowed to do at his other house, almost like a, ha ha, you can't stop me. And that is a lot harder to deal with. So I let my husband take the reins on that one. And he is more even keeled than I am. But that's another difficult aspect of it too. When your kids start to get older, they aren't dummies. They can take advantage of situations. So that part is really hard for me. All of this plays into why transition days are just difficult. Even the more simple things like don't talk with food in your mouth. Don't leave your shoes in the living room. And that one's even hard for me. (laughs) It's my husband's pet peeve. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to change my lifelong habit. 
for my husband of immediately kicking off my shoes when I get home. I hate wearing shoes when I'm inside a house. And our bedroom is the farthest point from our front door or coming in through the garage door. And sometimes it's just really hard to wear my shoes all the way back to the bedroom. But another simple rule, don't run in the house. You're gonna get hurt, you're gonna trip, you're gonna slip, you're gonna run into another kid and you're both are gonna get hurt. So those rules are the ones that we have to say over and over and over on transition days. And it can just wear a person out. But with all of the hard parts of transition days, there's also nothing I look forward to more than when our family is complete again and all under one roof when we go to sleep. As a blended family, I truly feel at peace when we are all here, all six of us. And I'm still getting used to saying that. <laughs> Never in my life did I think I would have four children. But man, how lucky am I that I do have four children? After my husband and I had Case, our lives drastically changed for many reasons. But one big one was how we were able to spend time together. Since we had the older boys on the same weekend schedule, every other weekend, we were empty nest parents. <laughs> Young empty nest parents. But that allowed us to schedule date nights, super easy, mini vacations, whatever it was. Every other weekend, we always had kid-free time. And looking back, I'm super thankful for that because, you know, when you first get married and get your, quote, honeymoon stage, you don't have kids, and we didn't get that. But we did get... A different version of that and I'm very thankful and appreciative that we got that time together. But as a blended family, Drew and I never got to have the stage of pre-parenthood together like first families do. And then when we had Case, of course that changed our free weekend schedule. And we knew that going in, kids are worth more than an open schedule. We'll have that again one day, which is terrifying to think about. <laughs> but that was the most immediate thing that changed. The second was worrying about how, as Case got older, how he would feel when his brothers would leave our house. Case will be two in December, and he definitely realizes when his two big bubbas leave. During the summertime, when my oldest bio son is gone for a week at a time, this past summer I could tell it was already affecting him. Case enjoys the busy and the wild that his brothers bring. He also does enjoy his alone time with his mama and daddy too, though. But after a few days of it being just him, he's over it and he's ready for them to come back. What is nice about our summer schedule, though, is my bonus son is on a 5-2-2 schedule, so we are only without both of the big boys for at most four days at a time. But Case being by himself and really grieving his brother's absence, I guess is the best way to put it. Grieving that absence as the years go by was quite a big worry for me as his mama. But as I previously said... We did not plan for our baby girl like we did for Case. She's such a blessing to our family, and I'm so glad that Case isn't by himself anymore when his big brothers leave. He'll always have a sibling here, and so will she. I don't remember being an only child. I only remember life having a little brother. My brother and I are four years apart, and we're still really close even to this day. So it just breaks my heart a little bit to think about how Case and Chandler will both feel through the years never having their two older siblings here with them every day. But it doesn't help anything to have that mindset. This is our reality and our situation, so I do have to accept that. And I have accepted it, but I do think it's important to voice these feelings so other bonus mamas like me know that they aren't alone because I am positive I'm not the only one that feels this way. You always want the best life possible for your kids, and anything that could make them feel upset, you instinctually want to protect them from that. 
but you really can't protect them from the feeling of absence when you're a blended family who has shared time with a child or children. And you know, acceptance is such a huge part of being in a blended family or a second family. If we had the choice, I don't think anyone would choose to A, get divorced, or B, marry someone who is divorced. And I don't mean that in the sense of wishing you didn't get divorced from your first spouse, but rather the fact that you just wish it didn't happen at all and you were only ever married to your current spouse. And saying that is a lot more complicated than the root of what I'm meaning here, so I hope you're following along. I wouldn't change my child that came from my first marriage, but I do wish that I didn't have to share my child because I've been through a divorce. But when you do get divorced or marry someone who is not with the other parent of their children, you do have to immediately realize and accept the truth to your now situation. Being divorced simply means that you need to accept the way that you thought life would be when you brought a child into this world is not what you thought it was going to be. And you may be thinking, yeah, no crap, Carly. But seriously, I think sometimes we overlook this simple fact when going through life. We have to accept the crappy parts of a blended family, the crappy parts of being a bonus parent, the crappy parts of dealing with an ex-spouse, whether that is your ex-spouse or your spouse's ex-spouse, the crappy parts of dealing with the bio parent. It's all relatable here. And I think some people have a truly hard time realizing life would be so much easier if you accept your reality. For example, let's take a custody schedule. I consciously remind myself every single time I feel upset that I won't have my child, that it is not my schedule or his dad's schedule. It is my child's schedule. That means it is not about me or his dad, but our child. Parents are so quick to be selfish and ugly when it comes to sharing time. And I think the people who are selfish and show their ugly side and aren't cooperative haven't accepted that this is their reality. Accept that you won't have your child when you want them. It is part of not being in a relationship with your child's other parent. Simple as that. And does it really suck not having my son or my bio son all the way through Christmas break? Hell yeah, it does. But you know what? I can't change that. I accepted that a long time ago. It makes each passing holiday that much easier. I know that this is our situation. As a matter of fact, I chose this to be my situation because the benefits of a split family for my son were better than staying married. And if that's not acceptance, I don't know what is. And I realize the flip side of this might be more difficult if you're the one in the marriage who maybe didn't want to leave. You don't want to accept this new family dynamic as your reality. But I'm telling you, if you don't accept it and truly accept it, your life will not get any easier. Every passing holiday or empty chair at your dinner table on a Wednesday night, it won't get easier. And if you're unhappy, it really is up to you to take responsibility and change your reality. You're in charge of you, no one else. And I know I'm probably not speaking to the majority here since I feel like the majority of my listeners are the bonus parent, uh, but there's a ton of people out there just like me who have your own biological child and bonus children at the same time. Man, I feel like all of that kind of sounded negative, but I didn't mean it that way. But in reality, there are definitely negative pieces in a blended family life. And that's just facts. So again, we have to accept the negative and you know what? You can always turn it into a positive. Speaking of that, does anyone, do any of my listeners 
Have you read the Enneagram book? Does anyone, is anyone interested in that? Because let me tell you, I am now. Speaking of the turning a negative to a positive, I have found that I'm a two with a three wing. And this is going to be gibberish to anyone who has not read the Enneagram book. But let me tell you, I'm kind of obsessed with it. And now I want to know what everyone is in my family. I want to know what all my friends are. My two best friends, I knew right off the bat. I knew exactly what numbers they were without having to ask them. And then I did ask them and I was correct. <laughs> but you know who I can't figure out? I don't know what my husband is. That's super weird to me. Like, how do I not know what he is? Does anyone else have problems with not knowing what your spouse is? I feel like I know him better than anyone, but I don't know what freaking number he is. How does that happen? But I also want to know what my kids are too, because I feel like it will just, it just helps as life goes on. I don't know. Maybe discovering what all of our co-parents are too might help because I feel like when you deal with co-parents, it's either good or it's bad. Really good or really bad, I should say. And maybe if you knew their Enneagram number, you would be able to like know their thought process a little more and why maybe they're acting a certain way. And maybe that would help you. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here at the end of this episode. <laughs> this is a shorter episode than usual, but that's okay. It, all of them don't need to be 45 minutes long. Also, do you guys listen to, I always listen to podcasts at like 1.5 speed. I always listen to them quickly because number one, I don't know how long I'm going to have to actually listen to them with kids at home. So everyone's voice is always higher pitched. And when people laugh, it really makes me laugh too when their voice is sped up. Anyways, the whole point of the Enne mentioning the Enneagram thing, I really would like to know how many of you know what number you are and if you think it's helped you because I feel like it's helping me. I want to be a healthy two, not an unhealthy two. And I, th I do think I'm a pretty healthy two if I do say so myself. Okay, that's the end of this episode. It's episode five. Just a few points to think about is transition days are freaking hard for everyone, including the parents and including the kids. So just remember to give your kids grace when they are struggling with remembering the rules and just being crazy on transition days. <sighs> it's hard for us and it's hard for them. I really, really have to remind myself that it's hard for them too. And acceptance. Those are really the two biggest points of today's episode. Just accept your situation and the quicker you do that, it will get better, I promise. Does it mean it's going to be better every day? No, but every single day I make the effort to make it a good day. Wow, that sounded so inspiring. Okay, I'm going to end this so I'll quit babbling or this might go on a while. Thank you so much to all of my listeners. It feels good to be back. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to my podcast. And I would love it if you'd leave me a review. I love reading them and it does help my podcast uh, get boosted to get more listeners and all that. So thank you all so much. And depending on what day of the week you're listening to this episode, I hope you have a great rest of your week or a great weekend, whichever one comes first. Bye.